All right, man, I hope everybody's having a great morning today. All right, man, today looks a little bit different. There's some key people that are out of pocket. I'm sorry, okay? Uh, it is what it is, and you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit, all right? And so, man, uh, I want to say I hope everybody is having a great day. I know some people are because it's their birthday, so shout out to one of my baby sisters out there. Happy birthday, Malia. I see you out there. But here's the thing. Man, today we are going to be unpacking what Scripture says in the book of Luke, chapter 9, and we're going to be going through verses 23 through 27, all right? So, man, go ahead and open up your Bible. Uh, man, if you got a phone, tablet, just touch, tap, scroll your way there, or turn those pages if you're old school, all right? And then while you get there, I'm going to go ahead and start reading it, all right? Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 27, starting in verse 23, it says, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed, and when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and the holy angels." But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Hey, uh, now that we read the scripture, man, if you would, join me in prayer one more time. We're going to pray three things, all right? They're easy to say, but they're hard to live out, and that's why we're going to ask the Lord for his help, all right? Let's pray that God would speak today. Let's pray that we would be able to hear what he has to say, and let's pray that that truth would set us free. Those three things. Join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you would speak today. God, please speak in a way that is right for each person that is in this room today. God, we don't come here just because it's habit, God, but we come here uh, hoping to hear some truth from you today. And so, God, we pray that as you would speak, God, we would listen to that message. Man, it's a shame if we come and just check off a box, good, I got my church done for the week. God, we want to hear from you. God, please don't let it go in one ear out the other, but please let it resonate in our hearts. And thirdly, God, we pray that that truth that we hear will set us free. God, set us free from bondage of sin. Like, like it says in Hebrews, man, where it says, man, the sin that so easily entangles us and weighs us down. God, we pray that you would set us free from those things. God, we pray that, man, because of what we hear today, God, that you would allow us to apply it and walk it out. And God, we would live differently. God, the way that we parent would be differently. The way that we interact with our friends and family would be different. And God, we pray that we would leave here changed and not the same. We ask all that in your son's name. Amen. All right. All right. Hey, uh, I want to poll the people. I want to start off with, I think it's kind of an important question for the day, because when we look at verse 23, man, Christ's word starts off by saying, if anyone would come after me. And so, man, he's inviting us, I think, to go on a road trip in some sorts. All right. And so, man, I don't know if you realize, but us at Ridgecrest, we are going somewhere. So I got to poll the people and I got to ask, 
Who loves a good road trip? Let me see your hands, because not everybody likes road tripping, all right? So, so the, I see you out there. I see you out there. It's about 50-50. And here's the thing, man. At the beginning of the summer, man, my wife and, and, and my kids, we embarked on a Milton family road trip where we left Greenville, Texas, and we drove all the way to Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm not going to lie, oh, the joys are innumerous, like you can't even count them. Man, being stuck in a car for nine-plus hours, plus stops with all four of us in the tight confines of a Kia Sorento, all right? And uh, man, hey, listen, I know, look, some of y'all are laughing, but some of y'all, y'all looking like, man, they only got two kids, all right? I know that's small compared to most Ridgecrest families, okay? I understand that there's two of them and two of us, and we're still running man-to-man coverage instead of zone like some of y'all, but man, it feels like we're losing the game sometimes, all right? But that's another story, all right? But, man, when I think about road trips, even the one that my family just took, man, is some amazing memories. It makes me think, like, my family, we didn't really travel a ton growing up. And so when we did travel, man, you remember those things. And then whenever I got into youth, oh, wow, man, some of the best memories come from sitting on a church van, heading across the country on a mission trip or on a choir tour. I can't sing, but I I, I was a part of the choir because they were taking a trip. You know what I'm saying? And, And so, man, the the company, the shenanigans that we did, you know, uh, but most importantly, man, uh, the excitement of knowing that we were going somewhere. And man, that's why I'm excited this morning, Ridgecrest, because I believe that as a church family, we are going somewhere this year. And no, I'm not talking about just eventually leaving Bowie Elementary and going five blocks up Stonewall and then landing back at 6801 Wesley Street. That's not what I'm talking about, all right? Like we said earlier, if anything, Man, our time at Bowie Elementary is reminding us that we're not defined by a building with a steeple. Man, we're a church body, and that body is a body of believers, and we're willing to grow together. Man, we ought to be willing to serve together. And like we've seen, man, we're willing to go out and make his name famous together, all right? And, and, and like you might be asking, okay, but what does that really look like? Well, just in the past week, it looks like Tools for School coming together and handing out over 1,500 backpacks full of school supplies to the community in which we live in, all right? Man, it looks like teams going out. We have three teams going out overseas right now that are impacting others for Christ. Man, it looks like grown women pouring into the lives of third through sixth graders for a week and laying a foundation to be built upon for years to come. Man, it looks like 40-plus students crashing the backyard of the clods and discussing practical ways to show God's love to others. In Ridgecrest, I believe as we keep following Christ's lead, man, we will be going somewhere, and we will make a difference. We'll see a huge impact. In fact, man, when we were talking about last Wednesday uh, with the students, we were saying, man, all these things that y'all came up with, all these examples that y'all given, man, would our church look any different if we lived and walked those things out. And I remember one student, little Sebastian, man, he perked up, he kind of stood up and he said this right here. He said, man, if we started doing those things and we didn't stop doing those things and we continue doing those things, we wouldn't have enough room 
in Bowie Elementary. Man, we wouldn't have enough room in the newly renovated Ridgecrest to, to, to house all the crowds because people would be showing up because they would be seeing a church doing something that unfortunately a lot of churches forget to do, and that's show God's love to the community, all right? And so here's the thing, Ridgecrest, are you ready to go somewhere? Man, when we ask that question and we dive back into that text, it's a call to follow Jesus. Man, it's a call to, to find and live out your purpose. And if we're going to see him move, it's because we are following him. And if we're going to be following him, then there's four things from today's passage that I think we ought to take note of, all right? So number one, first things first, man, following Christ means loving him more than you love yourself, all right? I'm going to say that one more time. Man, if we really want to walk out our faith as a Christ follower, it means loving Christ more than we love ourselves. Let's go back and look at the scripture that we read earlier, all right? So uh, we'll start in verse 23 and 24. It says this, and he said to us all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever will save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Man, if you follow the NFL, I don't know if many of y'all still do, but if you follow the NFL, then you know that yesterday was the induction of the 2018 Hall of Fame class, all right? And one of those inductees included this guy named Terrell Owens, all right? Man, some of y'all know him because he played for the Cowboys, and he's known for many things, and one being his infamous statement that he made a lot, and this statement was, I love me some me, all right? Man, that was one of the things he was known for, for saying, I love me some me. And I'm here to tell you, Ridgecrest, loving us some us is completely the opposite of what Jesus is asking us to do right here. As a genuine Christ follower, man, we're called to love him more than we would love ourselves. And in those two verses that we just read, uh, particularly verse 23, man, he gives us three keys of walking out our faith, all right? Number one, we need to deny ourselves. Number two, we need to die to self. And number three, we need to follow him, all right? So let's talk about those three things real quick. Deny yourself. Man, what do you think that means? I think when Christ was giving this message, what he had in mind was that his people, his Christ followers, man, we as followers of Christ, man, we're to forsake anything that would stand in the way of us embracing Christ with our full allegiance. So, man, what does that look like for you and I? Man, I think we're called to forsake our possessions, our power, our favor of men, our human glory. Man, I, I feel like we're called to deny our natural bent towards earthly treasures and to instead strive to make Christ our real treasure. I also think it means, man, we, we ought to forsake relying on our own abilities and our own knowledge and our own logic. Man, we must forsake relying on human sense of righteousness and really cling to Christ for that genuine righteousness that he can offer. Man, we must live lives that continually accept grace and glorify Christ as we walk out our faith. Man, I think if I could leave my children with two statements, it would be these right here. Follow hard after Christ and lean not on your own understanding. Man, when we're called 
to follow Christ, I mean, the first condition that he gives us is deny yourself. And so, I mean, we got to recognize that this is an internal battle. This is basically, you could say, self versus Savior. I mean, it's not uncommon for my son to randomly yell out in any room of the house that he's in, Dad, can I have some cheese and a juice? Like, Dad, can I have some cheese and a juice? Like, my son loves cheese, all right? And he loves drinking juice, and he wants to do those all day long, all right? It doesn't matter. Like, he might interrupt supper and say, Dad, can I have some cheese and a juice? I mean, he might try to interrupt shower time. Like, no, son. Like, you're in the shower. You can't have some cheese and juice. And so, like, whenever I try to give him what I feel is a, a firm no surrounded with a really adequate reason why, man, the great thing is we're raising him right, and he says, yes, sir, and he never asks again. No, you know that's not true. <laughs> man, he immediately goes, and then he tries to find his mom. Mom, can I have some cheese and a juice. And like the reason why I bring that up is I feel like sometimes a lot of us, I mean, we're living life like we're serving two masters and we better watch out. I mean, we go to self and we ask for things, but we won't go to Christ and ask because we know the answer. Or we go to Christ and ask, but the bar is set too high and the price seems too costly too hard to follow through, so then we just go to self because we know that we'll give us what we want, all right? And so we got to understand that to deny self means the Savior wins. Man, it's not churchy to call Christ our Lord and Savior, but a lot of times we only focus on the Savior part. We love the fact that he saved us. Man, he saved us from our sin. Man, we realize that the penalty of sin is death. Man, he saves us from a life in hell. Man, he offers eternal life. We love a Savior, but sometimes we forget that he's our Lord. And so, like, man, it's great that he saved us, but are you willing to allow him to lord over your life on a daily basis? And when we allow him to do that, man, our desires become his desires. Man, when we deny ourselves, man, we refuse fellowship with ourselves. That you're not concerned with your own abilities or lack thereof, all right? Man, you're not concerned about your weaknesses. You're not overwhelmed by your past. Man, when I'm thinking about Jesus, then I'm thinking about everything he's done for me. And when I'm thinking about what he's done for me, then I'm thinking about what he wants from me. Man, when my mind and heart is focused on Christ, man, then it's not focused on myself. Man, when I asked Shannon to marry me, man, thankfully she said yes. Thank you, God. High five, all right? Uh, but man, when I asked her to marry me, man, I was so worried that she would critique this ring that I gave her. You know what I'm saying? Like, I even brought it to some people. Like, man, look at this ring. I've been saving up forever. Do you think Shannon would like this ring? And, and, and one family member, like, popped out like a jeweler scope and was like, well, you know, it looks like you got the five C's. I was like, give me that ring back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, man, when I gave her that ring and she put that ring on, man, she would look at that ring all day. All day long, she would look at that ring. And in my mind, she was like, man, that diamond's huge. But like in real life, she was like probably looking like, is there a diamond on there? I thought, <laughs> I think, is that a sparkle? What is that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but seriously, though, man, when I asked her to marry me and she said, yes, man, and she put that ring on, she would look at that ring all day long. Man, not even two minutes would go by and she would look at that ring again. And man, she was just staring at that ring. And it had me thinking, man, I want my relationship with Jesus Christ to be like that. 
Man, I want my relationship with Jesus Christ to, to be similar where I'm caught up with Christ so much and I'm caught up with his purpose so much and that I'm caught up with what he did for me so much that I can't thank him enough. Man, I can't take my mind off of what he's done. And so, Lord, please, as a church, let us be willing to deny ourselves so that we can say yes to you. Man, that's my prayer. Secondly, man, not only does he say as a Christ follower, you got to be willing to deny yourself, but you also got to be willing to take up the cross daily, all right? And so, man, to be ready, I think he's calling us to be ready to bear afflictions in this life. Man, knowing that God has designed them for our own Christian growth and our own Christian maturity. Man, we ought to be able to respond to these afflictions in a godly manner. Man, these afflictions that fall in the realm of God's eternal purpose. And so we ought to bear up these afflictions for the glory of God. And so when Christ shared this, man, his audience, they were all too familiar with what bearing a cross actually meant. Man, they knew that the cross was a means of carrying out a death sentence for a criminal. Man, that criminal would carry the actual cross he would be hung upon. And Jesus tells us as Christ followers to not only welcome death to ourself, but as disciples of him to be willing to do that on a daily basis. See, that criminal, he didn't have to carry his cross on a daily basis. I mean, he carried it to where his execution was going to take place. But we understand from a spiritual standpoint, I mean, we're called not to die to self one time, but to die to self on a daily basis. Whatever suffering God has poured and purposed in your life, man, we must endure, we must accept it, knowing that it's for our good and for God's glory. And finally, I mean, if we're willing to deny ourselves and we're willing to uh, take up our cross daily, we get to that third thing. And that third thing he says is, now follow me. And when you actually unpack those words, like a clear unpacking of that scripture where he says, and follow me, we understand those words to mean, keep on following me. Man, just as one would daily commit to submit our will to Christ's will, we're also ought to be committed to daily following him. Man, sometimes I think that where we struggle as a church or struggle as a Christian culture or struggle as a family is, sometimes we place so much emphasis on the conversion and, and, and we celebrate. And it's like, whoo, man, they're good. Check them off the list. Now I'm going to focus on another person, all right? And we forget about walking out our faith and growing in our faith. Man, we do this on a daily basis. Man, as followers of Christ, we trust God. Man, we walk with God. We obey God. We may remain grateful for all that he has done in salvation through Christ. And, and I really like what Jesus is saying in these two verses because I believe that when we read these verses, he answers the question that many of us might be asking, like, why? Why would I give up on myself? And we're not asking you to think less of yourself. Man, I think he's asking us to think of ourselves less, all right? Not thinking less of yourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. And I believe that Jesus goes on to explain that when we do those things, look at verse 24. I mean, he, he finalizes that verse by saying, Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Man, you don't lose a seed when you plant it. 
Man, when you think about it, even though it seems dead, even though it seems buried in the ground, in truth, you're actually setting it free to be what it was always intended to be. Man, you grow it, you nurture it, and you allow it to become what it's supposed to be the same way. Man, as Christ followers, we are to deny ourselves, pick up our cross daily, and follow him on a daily basis. Second thing, all right, second thing today is this. Man, following Christ means loving him more than material goods. First things first, man, as a Christ follower, we ought to love him more than we love ourselves. Secondly, we ought to love him more than material goods. We ought to love him more than what the world has to offer. Look at verse 25. It says, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself. Man, I believe that Jesus is very clear here. Man, those who live for themselves never get what they desire. And in fact, they end up with nothing. But on the flip side, those who deny themselves and live for Christ rather than living for themselves, they find exactly what they desire. Man, one person wrote it this way. He says, Jesus wants us to be good investors. So losing self for Christ's sake will result in an infinitely better return than if we were to hoard our present commodities, all right? Man, the other day I saw this bumper sticker that kind of had me shaking my head, all right? Man, I'm, I'm at the gas station and I'm pumping gas into my little old Kia Soul. And then all of a sudden I hear like a jet engine pull up next to me, all right? I'm scared, all right? Uh, I was like, oh, he's trying to show out, right? It was Jesse? No, it wasn't him, all right? But I look over there, and it's this massive pickup truck, and immediately I was like, man, I wish Parker was here. He would love this thing. It was big. Like, I, I really don't know how the guy gets into the truck. Maybe, like, a jetpack to, like, climb up into the truck, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, in the back of the truck, man, one of these, like, I'm going to call it an ATV, but I don't think just three letters define what was going on in the back of this truck, all right? Like, as big as those truck tires were, he has some, like, doom buggy on steroids that, like, have big tires like that. And I was like, dude, that would be so cool. And then it didn't stop there, all right? Hooked up to the back of the truck was this super long trailer with a really awesome boat on it, right? And I don't know anything about boats. But I know an awesome one when I see one, and that was one. I was like, this is so cool, all right? But then I'm, like, trying not to stare, but I was like, dude, that would be so neat, all right? And then here's where it got me, though. A sticker on the back of that, and it said like this, the man who dies with the most toys wins. And I was like, man, I don't know if I... That's a cool truck. <laughs> That's that, whatever that thing in the back of it, that looks really scary. Like that transformer, that looks awesome. And then that boat, wow. But I don't know if that message is right. Man, the one who dies with the most toys wins. I don't think that's right. Y'all need to look at your neighbor and say, you can't take it with you when you're gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, when this life is over and we're standing in front of Christ, he's not handing out trophies for whoever died with the most things, all right? He's also not passing out participation ribbons to all the millennials, all right? But like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> what he's actually doing, all right? What he's actually doing is saying, hey, man, I either knew you or I didn't know you, so we better know him, all right? And so I think there's people in this world that maybe they're great businessmen, maybe they're great promoters, maybe they're like inventors of amazing things, but when it comes to eternal issues, they're really poor investors. Man, Jesus makes it very clear 
that if we don't give ourselves away for the gospel and for him, man, we lose this eternal life. Man, like how shameful would it be to die a multi-billionaire but yet forfeit our soul? And in other words, man, we leave all that wealth behind in a sense. We leave our soul behind as well. And so the third thing that I want to tell you today when we're reading the scripture is, man, because Christ is our treasure, we're not ashamed. All right? Man, as a Christ follower, we're called to love him more than we love ourselves. Man, we're called to love him more than we love our possessions. And because Christ is our ultimate treasure, man, we're not ashamed. Look at verse 26. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and in the glory of his Father and of the holy angels. Man, the human heart is never ashamed of what it treasures, all right? Man, I remember the Indiana Jones movie. I don't know if y'all seen those movies, all right? But, you know, Indiana Jones, and he's going around, and he's searching for the Holy Grail, right? And towards the end of this movie, Indiana Jones, he's in a room full of golden cups, and he has to make the right choice. Man, I feel like Christ followers, we too, we have to make the right choice. We must choose to take up our cross on a daily basis. We must choose to follow Christ on a daily basis. And we don't stop there. We must not be ashamed of bearing the name Christ follower. I mean, the best way to consistently follow Christ under these conditions that he's given us is to strive to make him our treasure. Man, when we strive to make him our everything, Nothing else compares. Nothing else can compete. And I believe that this is a radical call to personal allegiance to Jesus Christ. Like, he wanted to know if we're really there. Are we, are we willing to ride or die? Like, he's asking, like, are we going to be ashamed of him or are we going to be ashamed of his words? And I feel like, man, if Jesus was not God, this would be an invitation to idolatry. But because he is God... This is a call to worship. Man, we ought to make him our treasure. And because he is our treasure, we are not ashamed. And the last thing is this right here. It's not all future. It's not all future. Man, look at verse 27. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Man, one thing that Jesus wanted his disciples to understand is, that not all eternal things are future things. I mean, in, in other words, there would be some blessings for them now as they serve Jesus according to these terms of discipleship. Man, sometimes we read this and we hang our head low because we're thinking like, man, this is crazy. This is like a call to death. But we have to understand that after this extreme call to follow Jesus, man, he adds a promise of significant glory till they see the kingdom of God. Man, Jesus wanted us to know that, man, it's not all suffering and death. And really, in the end, it's not even death. Man, for the Christ follower, it's about being reunited with our king. Man, I want to close for us and in closing, Man, I want to ask us as a church, are we willing to be a church who is willing to give ourselves away for Christ and give ourselves away for people? See, sometimes I've talked to people and they say, hey, 
when the building gets done, call me back because then I'll join. Man, when the building gets finished, when you're back in the building, then I'll come see what it's all about. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter if it's this building, that building, or no building. Are we willing to be a church body that is willing to give ourselves away for Christ and his people? Man, I've seen us do that. I mean, if you've been walking with us just for the summer, maybe you've had an opportunity to do some of those things, to join in, to serve at VBS, to join in and give your week of vacation to go to preteen camp. Like, you're a hero in my life, all right? Uh, for those that joined us for student summer camp, oh, my goodness, cannot do things that we do without you guys. I mean, for those of y'all that joined for the city, tools for school, multiple mission trips, Man, let's be a church that's willing to give ourselves away for Christ and for his people. Man, don't concern ourselves with earthly goods. Let's seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And what's the verse say? All things will be added unto us. Man, even eternal life, let's not forget about that, all right? So do you want to be a disciple? I feel like we're going somewhere. Are you willing to come on with us, all right? Don't wait till we get there. Man, jump on the train right now. Man, Jesus gives us those terms, and he says, man, if we're going to be a Christ follower, then we got to do it according to his rules, not ours. Man, are you willing to deny yourself? Are you willing to take up your cross daily? Are you willing to follow Christ? Because a follower of Christ values him more than our own self. Man, a follower of Christ values him more than our worldly possessions. Man, a follower of Christ is not ashamed of the name Christ. Man, a follower of Christ understands that, man, we don't have to hang our head low. Man, when Satan tries to, like, get you down and remind you of your past, we're able to remind him of his future. Man, keep your head up. Man, God is doing some amazing things, and I'm glad that we get to be a part of it, all right? Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for such a, such a heavy call, but God, such a clear call that when you ask us to follow you, I mean, you're not asking us to do anything that you haven't already done and that you're unwilling to do because we know that you're willing to do it. And so God, I pray for my church family. God, I pray for myself. God, I pray for my own family. And God, I pray that on the daily, we would be willing to have some spiritual inventory of our lives. God, we would be willing to <coughs> look our lives in the mirror and say, man, are we denying ourselves? Man, are we dying to self? Man, are we following you? Man, when we leave these church walls, man, do we have a boldness of Christ? Because your scripture says you haven't given us a timidity, a spirit of timidity. God, please let us be willing to share your message. God, I pray for my church family that's here. God, if there's somebody here that's like, man, they just struggling and they need somebody to pray with. God, I pray that they wouldn't hesitate to come to the altar. God, let them understand that your altar invitation is open and you're ready to hear from them, and you are ready to meet with them. God, if there's somebody here that's, man, they, they're not plugged into a church. Man, they just came checking things out. God, uh, 
man, we know that you can do the extraordinary. God, we pray that you would ask them to get plugged into a church, to start that conversation today, to understand that it won't be easy, but it'll definitely be worth it. And God, if there's somebody here that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, then all the things that we talked about, man, they can try those things, but they will fail. Just going to be honest. And so, God, I pray that today they wouldn't try to jump on the train, but, God, they would come to you. And, God, they would allow you to change their life. And then with that life change, they could become life changers. God, I pray that that conversation could start today. God, we ask all this in your son's name. Amen.